So today is the concluding sermon on this series. So we are already on the eighth day of this series. So we did around eight sermons on the series of learning from the Old Testament leaders. So last week, if you remember, we learned from the life of Elijah. And we learned a couple of things. And we realized that Elijah was just an ordinary man like us. But, you know, he had a couple of great qualities in him. He never gave up in prayer. When things were not happening, you know, he was just bending his knees and he was expecting things to happen in his life. And Elijah also had a great zeal for God. And he was the man who brought fire from heaven when he was standing in front of the prophets of Baal. And if you remember, Elijah had already prepared his successor by name, Elisha. And when Elijah was taken up into the heavens, Elijah was already in the ministry. And today we are going to talk about another great leader of the Old Testament. And going to learn a couple of leadership qualities from the life of that great leader. And before we do that, let's review our statements of conviction. So let's have the statement of conviction in the screen, and I want you to go through that statement of conviction as we read them through. And I want you to mean it what you read, mean what you read, okay? So number one, we are all called to lead. We are all called to influence. We commit to learn from the lives of the Old Testament leaders. These men and women are commended by God. Leaders are defined by their characteristics. True leaders are truly teachable. The underlying cause of unteachable spirit is pride. We are willing to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. So today we are going to talk about another great leader of the Old Testament. In fact, a woman leader by name, Deborah. Can you say Deborah? A judge and a prophetess of Israel. How many of you heard a message on Deborah? Anytime. Can I see your hands? One, two, just two of you. Had anyone speaking on Deborah? Right? So I, I believe it's worthwhile to spend some time to find, find out what this great woman of God has in her. So I would like to title my sermon as, as you see that in the screen, Deborah, a judge, a prophetess, and a military leader. Can you say that with me? Deborah, a judge, a prophetess, and a military leader. Now, if you remember the history, just want to you know, quickly take you back to the, into the past. What happened? Joshua was a servant of Moses. You know, that's how he started his ministry, serving Moses for a long time. And he was also a powerful leader, and he was also a mighty warrior, if you remember about Joshua. So after the death of Moses, Joshua took over and he brought the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. Moses was called to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and Joshua was called to bring the children of Israel into Canaan. And that's what Joshua did exactly. And Joshua really exhibited his military power you know, as he was leading, the, bat, leading the, 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 the army against the inhabitants of the land. Think about Jericho. You know, many achievements, many great accomplishments were achieved by this great man of God by name Joshua. 
Now, following the death of Joshua, the Israelites really found themselves without a leader. Can you imagine? How much Moses invested in the life of Joshua, but Joshua, for some reason, left the children of Israel without any leader. I mean, that was really sad when we read that part of the book of Bible, you know, especially Judges chapter 1 and chapter 2. It's really sad to know that there was no leader in the land. Now, the years of the battle continued because children of God were, you know, really thrown into the land, the blessed land, but then they had inhabitants already in the land. There were Canaanites. There were all kinds of people that were living in that land. So children of Israel, they need to continue to fight. And there was so much of bloodshed, you know, that were required to further inherit the land. And there was a lack of leadership, as I said. And that was the time God raised judges. You know, judges are very important in, in, in the plan of God. You know, as I was just preparing for this sermon, I realized the importance of judges in that place. When Joshua just left everything and he went, we'd ask the children of Israel were suffering without any proper leader. You know, God was raising judges there. And judges ruled, you know, the nation for a couple of years. And you know what? Those judges are not like the modern judge. Today we see judges, right? Not like those, those modern judges, but they have more responsibility than the judges of today's. You know, some of the responsibilities the judges were given with, you know, they were responsible for the moral life of people. They were also responsible to, you know, for the military life of people because they need to make sure that they are able to fight against those nations because they need to be sent out before children of God completely occupy the blessed land. And not only that, they also had to exhort the people of God to follow God. You know, otherwise they go away from God. And the judges are given more responsibility. And they also had to lead them in the battle. Can you ever imagine a judge leading people in the battle? The judge will sit and he will make judgments. But now the judges of the Old Testament, they need to you know, raise people, build people in, the, in, in God. And they need to you know, make sure the morality is followed in the nation. And they need to make sure that you know, battlefield is just ready for battle at any moment of time. There is so much of responsibility. And Bible says there were around 12 to 15 judges. You know, it all depends how do you count them. Judges including Eli and Samuel. They were judging the nation for a while. For a short period of time. Now, if you look at the history and find, try to find out these years, from 1350, 1350 to 1050 before Christ, you know, that's the period judges were ruling the nation. And that's around 300 years. 300 long years, these 12 to 15 judges were ruling this nation. Now, Judges, let's slowly go, get to the book of Judges, if you can find where it is. <coughs> we'll turn our Bibles to Judges chapter 4. So, Judges chapter 4 and 5, these two chapters, they describe the story of the Jewish leader by name Deborah. You know, I think that's what is our interest today. So, she's... She's the only female judge mentioned in the whole book of, book, in, in the book of Judges. Deborah was the only female judge. And she was a woman who followed God. 
And she was greatly anointed and greatly used by God. You know, this morning I want you to be encouraged because we are going to talk about a leader who was used in the hands of God in a very mighty way, in an anointed way. So we are going to read a couple of scriptures from Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Let's read Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. So Judges, you get that book just after Joshua. So if you can find, you find that in the Old Testament. Right, so we are in Judges chapter 4. So we're going to read from Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Listen to this. It, it's, it's not a very easy text, so you need to just be careful to follow. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Hereshit Hagiom. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So how many years Jabin has harshly oppressed the children of Israel? 20 long years. Just remember those years. Was for now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Verse 6. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to Barak, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the son of Zebulun. Verse 7. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hands. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. He went up with the 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Okay, I just want to pass here before, you know, reading further. So Deborah, just want to summarize what we read. Listen to this. Deborah lived during a period of oppression by a Canaanite king by name Jabin, who tyrannized or who oppressed the Israel for 20 long years. Can you imagine? Children of Israel, they were in Egypt and with great difficulty, Moses brought them into the wilderness and Joshua helped them to, you know, put them into Canaan. And even after coming to Canaan, they were going through the oppression of the enemy. And we first meet Deborah in Judges chapter 4, verse 4, as we read. Deborah is a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot. And Deborah was judging Israel at that time. You know, all these judges were judging Israel at that point of time. Not all of them sequentially judging, but you know, they were all given different locations in the nation and they were judging the land. And now listen to this, this is very interesting. Deborah had a shop and she set up the shop under a tree in the mountains of Ephraim called the palm tree of Deborah. Can you say palm tree of, tree of Deborah? 
And that's where her shop was. And the children of Israel came up there to her shop for judgment. You know, judgment was a great issue in the land because we can imagine, you know, millions of people without a leader, you know, without any constitution return, without any rules and law enforcement agencies. You can imagine how much of fight is going on among them. You know, they need judgment every day. There are many groups of people, many families, they need judgment every day. You can imagine if, if that's the case today. You know, that was the situation and Deborah had opened the shop where people used to come for judgment. And now here God led Deborah to summon a man by name Barak. And this is what God told through Deborah to, uh, to Barak that you need to gather 10,000 troops and you need to go and battle against Jabin, the king of Canaan and his commander by name Sisera. And victory is rest assured in the word of God. Because Deborah, remember, who is Deborah? Deborah is a prophetess. Deborah is a prophetess. And when she spoke, that will happen. And victory is rest assured. And Barak is right there willing to go. But you know what? Barak did one thing. He did not agree to go by himself. But this is what he asked. If you come with me. He was asking whom? Barak is asking to Deborah, if you come with me, I will go. But then Deborah agreed to that. But Deborah said, I can come with you, but when we gain victory, it belongs to a woman. Right? It's not going to go for a man. It's going to go for a woman. So anyway, both, they, both, they both agreed and they went to the battle. Right? And now they are coming, Sisra. Sisra is the commander of King Jabin. You know, as planned, the battle really took place. The armies of Jabin were totally destroyed by these 10,000 troops going under the leadership of Barak and Deborah. And Sisra, the commander of Jabin, he ran out for his life. And he went to the tent of Jabil, Jael, sorry, Jael. We have not read those part of the scripture, but I can just, you know, talk about a little bit before we go to the sermon. So she, uh, the, the Sisera, the commander of King Jabin, he ran. He was, he was the only one, in fact, escaped at that moment. He ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite. And Jabil, you know, he, uh, Jael, sorry, Jael appeared to be receiving uh, Sisera. So she welcomed him. And as, as he entered, she covered him with a blanket, right? Now, Sisera is fully covered. And Sisera would have thought, maybe she's trying to protect. And Jael took Sisera inside. And my Bible says, Sisera asked for water. And she gave milk, a bowl of milk. And Sisera drank milk as Jael gave the milk. And now Sisera started falling asleep. And momentous Sisera slept. Jael took a nail, the tent nail, and drew the nail on his Sisera's head to the ground. So Sisera is nailed to the ground and he is dead. Now Barak coming, come running to the tent of Jael. And Jael showed this is what happened to Sisera. Uh, to Sisera. So Sisera died and the whole army died. And eventually Bible says King Jabin also died and they took the victory and the victory came because of one woman by name 
Deborah. And the chapter 5 of Judges, we don't have time to go there. Deborah's song and worship, that's what we read in chapter 5. Chapter 4 talks about what I said right now. And chapter 5 talks about the praise and worship as Deborah gained great victory on that day. And if you go through the lyrics, we don't have time today, but if you go through the lyrics, the lyrics reveal more detail of the battle, what really took place in the battle, and how God intervened on behalf of his people. And as I said, the story finally, at the end of chapter 5, verse 31, it concludes saying that they took a great victory over the Canaanites. And Bible says, 40 long years, there was no war. You know, it's all happened because of one great leader this morning we are talking about by name Deborah. And this morning I would like to bring four great qualities of this great woman of God. Now, I just want the women to be awake this morning, just, you know, just, just not to leave anything. Number one, leaders are just instruments in the hand of God. What matters is God's power. Can you say that with me? Leaders are just instruments in the hands of God, but what matters is God's power. You know, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, we see men and women of God used by God in a mighty way. They were just weapons in the hands of God. They were just instruments in the hands of God. Man or women, weak or strong, you know, bold or coward, it doesn't really matter. Somebody's willing or not willing, you know, God was, you know, God was enabling them to go for war and they gained much victory. That's what we say. Leaders are just an instrument in the hand of God. But what really matters is the power of God. Here we see Deborah being used in a mighty way. And remember, Deborah was a family woman. Because the Bible says she was the wife of Lapidoth. Deborah is a family woman. But she was just an ordinary woman. Like anyone else. But Bible says God filled with her with a supernatural ability of prophecy. Can you say that with me? God filled her with a supernatural ability to prophesy. You know, Deborah was a woman of God, but she had a great power within her to future, to foretell the things which are yet to happen in the nation. You know, at that time, you know, God raised prophets and prophet, prophetess just to speak to the people, you know, warning about their sinful nature and to prophesy about the, the things which are yet to happen in their nation so that people will be led to God. And she was just an ordinary woman, but she was filled with the power of God. And also she was filled with wisdom because you need wisdom for judgment. If you want to judge people, you need what? Wisdom. So she was filled with wisdom and she was filled with great power of God. Now I just want you to closely observe the life of Deborah, daily life of Deborah. Deborah used to do a couple of things every day in her life. In fact, she had three different offices. Number one, she's a very busy personality. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, we are so busy, but think about Deborah. You know, she was very busy. Number one, she had three different offices. One, judge. She was a judge. Every time, Bible says, she comes and opens her shop in the morning, early in the morning, and she comes and sits in her shop where the shop was, under the palm tree of Deborah. Are you with me? Where was the shop? Under the 
palm tree of Deborah. You know, that's, what, that's how it was named. So she comes and she sits there and people are already in the line from early morning, you know, like Boxing Day morning. Right? People are in queue already. For what? For judgment? For judgment. You know, somebody's cattle had fallen. Uh, somebody has taken it away. Somebody's, you know, house was broke open that night. And, you know, the children are missing. And their jewelry is missing. You know, so many things is happening. And somebody, you know, fought with someone else. And then, you know, families separated. So many issues in the land. They were all just standing in line in front of Deborah. And Deborah was very committed from morning to evening. She was judging people. Number two office, she was a prophetess. She brought the word of God to people. A very busy personality. And you know here, God telling to Barak through Deborah, saying that you need to go and fight that man. Can you see, imagine 20 long years that king was oppressing the people of God. But now, Deborah had a revelation from God, heard a word from God, and she called Barak and told, you need to go and fight with that man, fight with that king, the office of the prophetess. And thirdly, Deborah was a warrior. Deborah was a warrior. Deborah was willing to go. Barak said, if you are not going with me, I'm not going. I know that God spoke. I know that God can deliver, but I want you to come with me. That was the request of Barak. What kind of person he is? But Deborah was a woman, but she was willing to go with Barak against Sisera. She was a warrior. She was a judge. She was a prophetess. And she was a warrior. You know, there is no reason why we need to doubt that she was an instrument in the hands of God. She was not lazy and she was totally committed to her call and she was available to be used by God. And she was willing to stand for God. She was willing to take risk in her life. And when she did all the above, power of God was seen. Leaders are just instruments in the hands of God. But what matters is the power of God. You know, God will honor a leader when he or she is committed to the call. Can you say committed to the call? You know, we know that we are all called to lead. But when we remain committed to the call, you know, God honors our commitment. Exactly. God honors our commitment. And when God honors our commitment, we will see supernatural things happening. We will see supernatural move of God even though leaders are ordinary human beings like Deborah, a family woman. But God worked extraordinary things through this great leader. You know, according to her word, the entire army of King Jabin was totally destroyed. Number two characteristics of a great leader. Leaders exhibit God's tender care for his people. Can you say that with me? Leaders Exhibit God's tender care for his people. Now think about Deborah again. She utilized all her ability to serve God and to serve people. You know, she was not selfish. You know, she was very willing 
And she was very committed to the call of God. And she was willing to use all her abilities to judge the people of Israel. You know, how much was the need of a judge at that point of time? Because people were suffering. You know, they were all going through, you know, great difficulty and pain. But Deborah was right there. You know, she was very caring for his people. She was really focusing on helping people. He was, you know, really wanted to improve the life of people so that they can be turned to God. You know, it's, it's a desire of any leader to turn people to God. You know, here we see Deborah, she was caring her for, her, for her people. You know, the way he, she was caring for her people was from morning to evening, she was right there to judge people of God. Judge the children of Israel. And now she's focusing on her job so that, you know, people will have a better life. And Deborah knew that very well. 20 long years, the Canaanite king, Jabin, was oppressing the children of Israel. And how much more judgment, how much more justice they are in need today. You know, at times people are oppressed without getting judgment, without getting proper judgment. And here we see a leader by name, Deborah. And you know what, the way she cared for people, I read from Judges chapter 5, verse 7. And this is what Deborah says as part of his worship. This is what exactly Deborah says, Judges 5, 7. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until Deborah arose, arose a mother in Israel. You know, Deborah arose like a mother in Israel. You know, Deborah considered all the people of God, children of God, as her own people. Now, we are talking about Deborah not being selfish and, you know, just being available for the call of God in her life. Deborah was like a mother caring for a child. She was just right there judging and guiding people to have a better life. You know, today the world expects such great leaders. Leaders exhibit God's tender care for his people. You know, today the world expects such great leaders. You know, if you look into this world today, just want to, you know, take your eyes and focus your eyes on this world today. You know, when you drive through the downtown areas in the, in the evening, right? When you walk through the places, different places in the streets of the city in the evening, you find, you come across people, you know, who are like orphans. Have you come across anybody who, who looks like they don't have a home to go? Evening, night, 10 o'clock? Like 11 o'clock, they just hang out there, right? In the downtown. They don't want to go home. People are like orphans today. People are like orphans. They have physical parents, biological parents. But something is missing in their lives. What is missing in their lives? Any idea? What is missing in their lives? Care. Love. Somebody to care for them like a mother. You know, sometimes when we are so selfish in our lives, we don't even care about, we don't even care about what is going on in our next door at times. We see Deborah, a great leader, caring for the people of God. You know, they are not their own children. They are not her own children. No. They are just common people. And Bible says, she was carrying them as a mother. As a mother. 
spiritually helping them to be nurtured you know spiritually helping them to be motivated and there is nobody to show them the eternity there is nobody to show them the truth there is no them nobody to sh- lead them in the ways of god but deborah was right there we are talking about the characteristics of a leadership you know if you consider yourself as a leader what is important in your life is to care for others can you say care for others you know at times i am selfish all of us are very selfish we don't really worry about others we just want to make sure everything associated with us they go very well but it's a god thing to care for others you know god really honors that god wants the leaders to show care and love for such people you know mother teresa this is what she said once being unwanted unloved uncared for forgotten by everybody i think that is a much greater hunger a much greater poverty than the person who has nothing to eat you know not wanted not cared you know today do you know that you know how many churches people walk into those churches and they are not just wanted by anybody nobody speak to them nobody care for them they just walk into the church and they just walk out of the church Are you listening to me this morning? Now I'm just talking to you, each one of you. There are churches in this country, there are churches in this city. People walk into those churches and they don't care. The question is, do you care somebody who just walks into the church for the first time? Do you take time to go and talk to them if someone walks into the church for the first time? Do you care for someone who is not having someone to lead them, guide them? you know today people there are they have so much of ability in them but they are not able to do they are not able to come up in their lives because there is nobody to lead them nobody to guide them they nobody to put them in the proper direction god has called you as a leader god has called each one of you as a leader you know this morning you have a responsibility you know you cannot deny that i don't know that i'm telling you this morning you have a responsibility for your neighbor you have a responsibility for your city one thing is to pray and the other thing is to do You know Deborah was not just sitting and praying obviously she would have prayed otherwise she cannot be a prophetess but other thing is she was right found there and I'm just going to talk about this morning before we close and I just want to pray with you it's important think about Jesus Jesus was a good shepherd and bible says a great leader has to care for his sheep Jesus said in Jesus uh, sorry in John chapter 10 verse 11 this is what said he said I am the good shepherd can you read that with me all of you I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep what does it mean what does it mean it means Jesus is the good shepherd and he is willing to give his life you know we cannot lead if we cannot sacrifice can you say that with me we cannot lead if you're not willing to sacrifice you know you know it's very difficult it becomes very difficult but god is looking for somebody who is willing to sacrifice and think about our god our god is a sacrificial god you know god really takes care of each one of us the way he takes care of us is amazing read i want to read the scriptures isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 bible says about the way god cares for us he will feed our god will feed his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs the little ones how in his arm and carry them in his bosom 
and gently lead those who are with Yang. You know, our God is a good shepherd, not just Jesus alone. Isaiah is talking about the God Almighty. He cares for us like a shepherd. And he knows how to lead us and how to guide us. But unfortunately, there are millions out there without any leader. So second characteristic is a leader must be a selfless person. Caring for his people with compassion. Number three, from the life of Deborah. Deborah's life is a role model of a couple of things. Godly faith, wisdom, boldness, and worship. Can you read that with me? Deborah's life was a role model for, number one, godly faith. Number two, wisdom. Number three, boldness. Number four, worship. You know, all these were found in that woman of God. We're talking about a woman. Just want you to think about what do you find in you? I want to ask that question, what do you find in you this morning? Do we find godly faith within us? Do we find wisdom within us? Do we find boldness within us? Are we able to worship God? Are we able to worship God? I don't want to go detail into it. Deborah, remember godly faith. Deborah spoke to Barak prophetically and he said, God will give Sisera in your hands. You know, that was the prophetic word. Go for the battle. God will give. And this woman of God put all her faith in God and expecting that to happen. She believed and she agreed with God. Lord, if you have spoken to me, that will happen. And we see that's happening in the life of Deborah as she was able to see. She was a woman of faith. And how much wisdom she had because she had to, being a woman, I just want you to imagine, it's just easy to read and go, but being a woman sitting from morning to evening and judging the people of Israel, how much wisdom she needs, boldness. She was a very bold leader. In the morning, I think Debbie was mentioning, talking about boldness. We need to have boldness today. A good example from the word of God, a great leader having such a great boldness. When Barak said, I cannot just go by myself, Deborah was right there to go in war with Barak. A mighty woman of God with such a great boldness and worship. Judges chapter 5 is filled with Deborah's worship as she was, you know, I just want to read a couple of scriptures from there for just to get an idea. Judges 5, 2 to 3, was, the Bible says, when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, Bless the Lord. Verse 3. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I even, I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praises to the Lord of God of Israel. Verse 31. And when she lifted up the name of God, when she worshipped God, when she praised God, verse 31 says, Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. And Bible says, so the land had rest for how many years? 40 years. 20 years they were oppressed. And Deborah rose like a lion. And she went and fought with Sisera and his army. And brought the land back and chased them, cast them out. And now we see 40 long years there was great joy and peace in the land of God. A great woman of God. She was a role model for godly faith, wisdom, boldness, and worship. Finally, number four characteristics from this great leader. 
women are called your calling comes through your involvement can you have that on the screen calling comes through your involvement can you say that with me calling comes through your involvement women are called but their calling comes through their involvement just want you to be you know carefully listening to this Deborah's calling listen to this came through her involvement in the community you know her calling came just not just, just not just like that but when she started involving herself in the community that's where the calling came listen to this Deborah's passion was people can you say that with me Deborah's passion was his people her passion was to listen to the complaints of people you know how many of us willing to listen to the complaints of people do you have a ear to listen to the complaints of people do you listen god wants us to listen to people you know sometimes it's very hard sometimes it's very hard for me to listen but god as a leader god wants us to listen to people god wants us to listen to the deborah was really good from morning to evening she was listening to the complaints of people and her heart was just after those people those who are going through injustice and she wanted to bring justice in their lives you know at times as a leader you need to ask that question i need to ask that question within me lord where is my heart where is my heart lord what am i trying to do lord we're talking about women are called but their calling comes through their involvement in the community now i want to talk a little bit about the calling of women into the leadership this morning if you can just bear with me for a few more minutes as a woman how do you know if you are called into leadership how do you discern the god's call in your life you know i've been i, I know that you know god has been talking to women a couple of days a couple of weeks now since now you know women are at times oppressed in the churches even today listen to this saying that they need to be quiet women are oppressed even at churches saying that you know they cannot speak they need to be quiet only men are called no it's 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 a deception you know there are churches today even in the city where women cannot participate women cannot lead so it's a deception it's not the right thing so we need to be careful you know this is what they quote they quote saying that when god created eve god created eve as a suitable companion or helper to adam is that true yes that's true right that's how god created eve as a companion for a companionship to a woman and she had to be considered as a strength for a man and they say that women are not to lead they need to support their husband do they need to support their husband in the ministry yes they need to support they need to help they need to encourage they need to motivate you know otherwise we are not here you know they are needed but that doesn't mean that we are women are not supposed to lead and there there are on the other hand you know other group of people they go quote this scripture what paul said in first corinthians chapter 14:34 you know all of you must be knowing this scripture first corinthians 14:34 let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak have you seen this heard, heard the scripture 
Yes? They quote this scripture and say that women are not supposed to speak in the churches. But again, that is they wrongly quote the scripture. Right? So if you remember, Paul was talking to the church in Corinth. In that context, in those times, women are totally uneducated. And when they come to church, they don't just sit like the way we are sitting today. They just run here and there. They talk to each other, especially the women. You know, Paul was just getting annoyed by the things that were happening and say that, women, you are not supposed to speak at the church. And if you have a doubt, what do you need to do? You need to go home and ask your husband. It's a scripture, right? Ask your husband. You know, that's what Paul was teaching. And that's what Paul was telling. So God cannot use women in the church. You know, it's a lie again. But if you look at throughout the Old Testament, and I just want you to focus on this Old Testament and the New Testament, we come across a couple of examples. Number one is Deborah here, right here. Being used by God as a leader. Number two, if you think about Ruth, a great woman of God. And if you remember, Naomi's husband died. And Ruth came and Ruth got married to Boaz, if you remember that. And they had a son by name. Obed, exactly good. And they had a son named by name Obed. And who had a son by name? Jesse, exactly great. And then Jesse had a son by name? David. And in that lineage, who came? Jesus came in that lineage. A great leader, Ruth. Esther, we know that. You know, God brought her to bring, you know, escape from the you know, hands of her, the enemy of the Jews. Rahab, God used Rahab to protect the spies. And you know, their family, Rahab's family was protected too. And remember Huldah, the prophetess. God used Huldah to bring God's word even to kings and even to priests. If you remember that. In the New Testament, if you think about the ministry of Jesus, the Samaritan women. The moment the Samaritan women realized that Jesus Christ is standing in front of her. You know, remember what was the uh, you know, instruction given by Jesus? Go into your village and tell about all that you heard. Go into your village. Women was ministered, you know, used in the ministry. And if you think about Mary Magdalene, who ran into the tomb of God. And when she saw the resurrected Savior, go and tell the disciples that I am no more dead. I have risen from the dead. You know, there are a couple of other godly women. They were used in the word of God. Priscilla, she was instructing Apollos. And Paul sent greetings to the apostles by name Mary and Junia. And you know, uh, Phoebe is the name of a deacon in the church, in the, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament church. And we talked about Lydia, such a great leader, such a great woman of influence. You know, God used women in many different ways in the Old Testament and New Testament. And we are talking about Deborah. Her calling came through by her involvement in the community. You know, this is what I just want you to focus. She was not just sitting at home. Deborah was sitting in the place where people were. You know, Deborah was sitting in the place where people were found. She was not just, you know, she was blessed as a prophetess. But she was dealing with people. So calling comes through our involvement you know this morning i believe i'm talking to women if god has given you a talent or passion to pray or a gift to minister don't keep it all inside of you just bring it out just bring it out you know that's where god can use a woman because the calling of god 
comes through your involvement. You know, calling of God, most of the time, it comes through what you do today. It doesn't come just like that. If you keep worshipping God, if you're playing instruments and worshipping God, your call is to be a worshipper. If you keep praying for people, your call is to be an intercessor. If you call, if, if you, you know, praying for others and prophesying over others, your call is to be a prophetess. God call, God's call comes when we involve. You know, as husbands, we need to understand certain things. We should not shut our wives inside the house. We need to give them freedom to minister. We need to release them. If God is calling some of our women to go to the Bible college, we should be able to send them. If somebody wants to study theology, we should be able to do that. Because God's calling comes when they start start involving. We need to encourage them. We need to motivate them. You know, God's calling and this anointing is common to everyone irrespective of their gender. And here we see a mighty woman of God, Deborah, being used by God in a mighty way. So as we are coming to a conclusion, just want to, you know, think about Deborah for a moment before we close. Deborah found her calling when she started judging people And she found her calling to be a warrior when God spoke to her prophetically saying that you need to go against Jabin. She realized that she is called as a prophetess. Now when she's standing in front of Barak and Barak says that, sorry, I'm not able to go alone into the war. She realized her calling to be a warrior. You know, when you take a step and when you move forward, when we involve with people, when we start doing things for God, you know, that's the time the calling of God will come true in our lives. You know, until we shut ourselves, until we neglect others, until we don't care for people, you know, God cannot really use us. God's calling cannot really do anything in our lives. And this morning, I just want all of you to stand for a moment before we close.